and welcome to yet another episode of The Dice Are Screaming, oh. a podcast brought to you recorded, as it should be. <laughs> because... Sunny Live, animated principally by caffeine. Mm. Very true. <laughs> so, hope you're doing well. It's Friday, so it's going to be Freeform Friday for us, and yes, we have a topic to bounce around, but in a more loosey-goosey fashion than our normal strict now, back and forth. Yeah, not the traditional uh, Tuesday, you know, point-by-point point, uh, it, attempt to be more analytical. Uh, we're just going just gonna to kick back and have fun with it today. Uh, we do have call-in. Yeah. We but ha- before we even mention the call-in, we, we got honorary mention over at Deep Percentile. Yeah. And I'm, I'm still tickled pink. Uh, this, this, is, this touches my heart. I, the literary Etten of gaming podcasts. Yes. That's this week's call sign in honor in honor of Dave Aldridge at Deep Percentals. Terrific podcast you must hear. But uh, I, <laughs> I I have to say, literary Etten. That is probably the best description of us I have ever heard in uh, my entire life. So, <laughs> if you've game together 35 years, you kind of finish each other's thoughts. Yeah, um, it is kind of hard to pull us apart, but uh, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, also, we have a call in from Shandy Andy over at Unguarded Treasures. Ah, yes. Yeah, we talked about the what if, and uh, he gave us his thoughts on how we did, so you can... Tune in for that one. We're going to get into some call-ins in just a moment, but also just a brief reminder here that uh, our shout-out to some of our Twitter uh, family over at Penance RPG. Thank oh, you yes. again. And Wheel or Woe podcast as well, as well as Hideous Laughter. Oh, yes. Hideous Laughter is a marvelous one. Yep. Yeah. Oh. They do really good. Uh, I And curse me for a fool, but uh, there's somebody... I'm running uh, War of the Crown, and there's another podcast that I can't remember the name of. I'll fix that later. But, uh, yeah, um, there's a lot of good podcasts out there for all sorts of games. Um, I hear Critical Role's doing Call of Cthulhu as well. Oh, ho, ho. So, yeah, a little shout-out to Critical Role. Not that they need our help in getting the message out. (laughs) Oh, if only we had their numbers. Oh, boy. (laughs) You gotta hook them while they're young, uh, you know, like the like the tobacco companies. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, we we are the uh, beach, you know, the kids' beach shovel and uh, bucket uh, compared to the, you know, <laughs> backhoe yeah. of critical role. So, but you know, hey, here's a little sand. There you go. We're you know. Because yeah. we love it. We we think it's a great show. Yeah, it, they're doing great. And, uh, you know, my wife just loves watching them. So. Very uh, funny people. Yeah. I, I find them both amusing and talented because uh, gaming involves a powerful random element. So if you're doing it authentically with dice, uh, there's a certain degree to which you cannot script. Uh, yeah, yeah. And... You know, you can have a strong idea of where things are going to go, but there's that magnificent random element that makes gaming gaming. Uh, and so capturing that live uh, and keeping your game faces on and working together as a team to let everybody have their chance to shine, uh, they've really done a great job showing, you know, how well it can be done. So it makes it a great show for me. Yeah, but steering it back on course to right. our podcast, uh, we have a couple call-ins. 
praising us and taking us to task all at the same time. So we're going to deal with those. First up will be Dave Aldridge from Deeper Sunnels. Take it away, Dave. Hey, Mike and Randy. Uh, very funny to hear your discussion of arguing with yourself. Made me think of Lancelot in Excalibur when he plunges that sword or pulls the sword out of his naked thigh and says, I fight with myself or something like that. But it, it, it doubly tickled me because uh, on my show, I referred to the two of you as a kind of literary etting because, uh, you know, I'm a new listener and I haven't quite pulled you both apart yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm looking forward to getting to know you both. Anyway, still enjoying the show. I'll catch you soon. All right, and thank you for that, Dave. Really kind words. And yes, we do uh, <clears throat> podcast from the porch, which means that you hear the nature sounds as well as the sounds of the neighbors doing things, as well as the police running around through our neighborhood. So, Yeah, not that it's all that terrible of a neighborhood, but uh, uh, truth be told, there are a number of places nearby uh, that periodically require ambulance services. Uh, there are some elder care facilities, so they, there are occasional sirens, and I am only uh, at most a mile away from the fire station, so... Every so often you'll hear that go off, uh, which is a misfortune on these wonderful late summer, early fall evenings uh, where it's nice to have the windows open and the crickets chirping and all of that. But uh, the downside is that we do get occasional interference. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> um, thank you again for uh, publishing our thoughts on halflings and ducks. Our crazed screed. Uh, yeah, we, we did kind of go overboard, <laughs> but uh, it was something that was on our minds. And Oh, there was just so much that uh, I, I we wanted to interject in our usual style, but uh, we were curtailed, thankfully, by the, the one-minute uh, boundary placed yeah. on, on call-ins, which it, it can be troublesome at times, but uh, it's probably just as well, because we could hold a whole show about uh, Tolkien and halflings. And, yeah. In fact, I'm pretty sure we... Practically did. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Very true. And also, um, I'm glad you didn't take too much umbrage at that because we didn't want to come at you with sharp elbows or raised sticks. We just wanted to basically give an opinion and keep the oh, conversation no. alive. Yeah, this is uh, the back and forth of cricket, uh, not a rugby match at all in our minds. Uh, you know, it, we liked your points. Uh, we differed, but we liked your points. And yeah, the, really the civility. Did. Uh, and thoughtfulness uh, are still in place. And I'm kind of with you on the ducks thing. So, <coughs> Well, you know, I know. I he's know. always on the duck thing. So, <laughs> you know. But we did give an homage to the Howard the Duck, so we're glad that uh, you had an angry duck in the background. So it's been really good to listen to the whole uh, thing play out. And, yeah, I'm glad you did get this topic out into the community because it did kind of suss out a lot of people that had opinions about it. So anything gets conversation started. Oh, yeah. A healthy conversation is nothing to look back on with regret. Oh. Right. And as far as the two-headed uh, literary Etten, yeah, yes, we are. You haven't pulled us apart yet. Um, oh, well, you know, crack the bones, uh, pull out the marrow, uh, you know, make it into soup. Uh, we'll be around. Yeah. Um, you can pretty <laughs> much tell that uh, Mike and me have been friends for years. And if we kind of roll around together pretty well... 
uh, where we occasionally rub against each other once in a while in a bad way, it is always a uh, a treat <laughs> for listening. Boom! Oh yeah! <laughs> no. Oh my! Oh no! Um, yeah, look, thirty-five years of friendship means that uh, effectively, uh, we may have started off as like jagged rocks. Uh, but all of these decades have just, you know, worn us down to marbles at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, they just roll pretty smooth. Uh, there's not a lot of rough edges to clash on anymore. We're down to stuff like ducks. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. the occasional uh, angry Mike rant about druids being hippies and, you know, just some other nonsensical moments. Most of them have to do with my curmudgeonliness. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I really see you as the, the more open-minded fellow of the two of us. Wow, that's high uh, praise coming from a leatherneck. Yeah, you know, you, you uh, have a little more grace. Uh, and I I drop right into sarcasm mode. It's like the drop of a hat. Just uh. <laughs> well, also, uh, well, so thanks, uh, Dave Aldridge, and we'll keep listening and obviously be dropping in. So feel free to just uh, drop anytime you want, and uh, don't sweat it about the sound quality. Um, you are a uh, gramophone from the devil or to the devil. Yeah, I think to, it was a gramophone call to the devils. Uh. <laughs> so, but it's been received here in hell, uh, uh, in the back porch of suburbia. Right on. All right, so we're going to turn it over to Shandy Andy, and he wants to talk about uh, what we did with the what if topic of what would D and D be without D and D? Yeah. All right, take it away, Shandy Andy. Hey, Mike and Randy, Shandy Andy here. Loved your what if episode covered a lot of uh, extra bits in more detail than I managed on my uh, podcast. It was great to hear some alternative views and ideas floated around. I thought it was just a brilliant episode. And thanks for the shout out, guys, for my own podcast on it. Anyway, you got me hooked onto your podcast uh, now because White Dwarf, yeah, being a Brit, it was obviously my staple the 1980s, although I have to say by about 83 for me it was gone off the boil a bit and I actually moved over to Imagine magazine when that came out. Um, but yeah, it was uh, we couldn't afford, as you mentioned, Dragon was too expensive over here in the uh, UK really and certainly I only bought a few uh, of the monthly ones from them. All right, and thank you, Shane Dandy, for that call-in. Uh, yeah, glad you enjoyed it. Uh, it was a lot of fun for us to contemplate. And, um, yeah, we got some uh, other call-ins from uh, Larry Hamilton, who brought up the Bronstein game, and as well as uh, some other points. But glad you liked it. And, uh, yeah, we do tend to ramble on, or as I prefer to say, we meander. Yes. Well, but not all who wander are lost. Exactly. Uh, I, I, we are, but not all who wander are lost. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> we make an exception. But uh, I'm glad you enjoyed the episode, and thank you for uh, giving us that uh, little lead in there. Uh, of course, uh, Dave Aldridge also helped in that. But, yeah, thank you for dropping in and giving us that uh, little well, push. Yeah, and it was a great topic idea that I just really, I had a very good time uh, sitting down and contemplating, you know, reimagining uh, what are the avenues that this might have, uh, you know, what are the crevasses that this river of thought and ideas might have carved, you know? Yeah, and uh, one of the things I want to kind of lead in, I left it open for this, but um, I'm just going to retouch on the champions uh, theme. 
Uh, a couple of people asked me on Twitter why I would consider uh, Champions to be maybe the precursor of, or maybe the lead into a full-fledged role-playing game um, because of uh, Peterson and McDonald's work. Um, pretty much, they had an interesting view I heard once. Uh, it was more by Aaron Alston when he was doing the uh, third edition of the Hero System unveiling, and he was talking about that uh, the various genres that can be handled inside of Champions or the hero system itself, was primarily because if you can do superhero games, you can do everything. And that's where kind of my lead-in is. If you have a game that can handle all the concepts of superpowers, all that can be imagined both in comic books and just from pure imagination itself, and articulated into a rules format, I think you have the beginnings for a game that can, like what the hero system is, can handle fantasy hero, uh, super spies, Every genre fits very well with the hero system. And uh, I know that a lot GURPS gets a lot of attention for being generic. I was about to go there. Right. But I also think that the hero system itself shows a lot of strength. So that's where I came from. And, of course, on your other point there, Shandy Andy, about the White Dwarf. You know, we didn't get White Dwarf here until the early 80s. Uh, I saw a couple uh, issues. Oh, yeah. They were... Uh... They had come out of their heyday, their their really excellent beginnings, and they had uh, become prosperous enough to to have a wider reach by the time we got our paws on them, and they they were still pretty good. I mean, you know, well, I mean by our standards, right? Uh, but they were they were very relevant. Uh, a lot of popular games that were being released, uh, there was room in the pages of White Dwarf to include these other games. Uh, and then that stopped being the case eventually. But, uh, hey, you know, we have not yet done a Warhammer 40K episode, and when that comes, we will probably have to, you know, re-reference White Dwarf as a, the excellent uh, addendum that it is to the, the Warhammer universe. So right it, it's, it's an essential pickup if you're a Warhammer 40K player. So, yeah, and again, um, anytime, uh, just... We appreciate you listening in and uh, all your feedback. So just let us know how we're doing and uh, where we slip up in. So thank you again, Shandy Andy. And, of course, if you're not listening to Deep Percentals or Unguarded, Unguarded Treasures, Treasures, you should be. <laughs> so give those folks a listen and uh, also keep them in your thoughts for when you got something you want to talk about because those cats know what they're talking about over there. All right, so we're going to take a quick uh, adjournment to do some paying of the bills. And then we're going to be right back with our Freeform Friday topic. So stick around. All right, and we're back. So thank you for putting up with our call-ins and all our other shenanigans. But now we're ready to turn our full attention, both heads. Yes, the meat is on the table now. Right, as we're going to talk about a controversial subject that's arisen in the community just these uh, last few days, which uh, has made the rounds on the internet. It is the role-playing game consent form. Which has ruffled feathers as well as stoked a little bit of controversy. And so we're going to bat that around tonight, and uh, we're just going to freeform this. Uh, just some background, if you're not familiar with it, Monty Cook Games makes it uh, for free. It's a, a free download from uh, DriveThruRPG or any of the other normal places where you get your PDFs. So just look for it there. The form basically covers uh, some topics related to horror, relationships, and physical and personal uh I guess, situations, as well as uh, relationships. So yeah, I, I still, not being a full-fledged haunter of the internet, 
uh, the idea that it is controversial in nature still doesn't resonate with me. I, I can't quite get the degree of controversy because this thing is not wholly writ, nor is it gamer law. It, it, there's, it's a tool that was handed out for people who feel like that would be useful to them, uh, and there is no insistence that all persons are straight-jacketed and must use this thing. I, I don't recall any of that being associated with its release, and so it's inexplicable to me that uh, there are people who treat this as you know, like the end of days. You know, that like, well, now with that seal broken, you know, uh, Revelations is underway now. It's the end of the world, the end of all gaming soon. I don't get that at all. I, 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 I should backtrack though. Throw out there that uh, if you really know your games, your gamer group, uh, and I don't mean like, hey, it's your sixth month gaming together. Uh, I mean, like, if it's your 35th year gaming together, um, a thing like this probably isn't that necessary. You know, if you really, really know every person at the table, and you know what their ups and downs are, you know what their life circumstances are, uh, you know how they feel about things, because you had the time, well then, yeah, all right, obviously, this is probably not for you. It's not a thing that would be essential. But times have changed, and there's a lot of people gaming at uh, comic book shops and hobby shops, uh, pickup groups at tables, pickup groups online. You're dealing with a large group of strangers, and if you're a DM who's trying to customize a game to not be incredibly uh, upsetting or offensive, but to principally be entertaining, I mean, it's not saying you can't challenge people some. Uh, and put them in awkward circumstances. But if you have a group of strangers and you want to know, all right, so th so this is off the table, this is on the table, this is a maybe, and you get your answers from four or five people, then you start shaping your campaign. I don't see that as a bad thing at all. I, I see that as a tool. Like, uh, a, a good comparison would be a you know, a socket wrench set, all right? So maybe you don't need the, you know, 8mm socket. Uh, but, okay, the 5mm works fine for you. You don't need this. But say somebody else, you know, they happen to have something that, like, oh, only an 8mm socket is going to do for this. Well, that tool is there for them. So I, I haven't seen the harm yet in this. Right. I don't and get it at all. I've been in several groups um, where... Uh, People have come out and said that uh, it's not needed, it's not necessary, and I agree that, in principle, with some of that, that, okay, if you've been gaming with the same group of cats for a long period of time, you probably know what uh, sets them off or what not to talk about. Um, I have several personal issues as well um, that I don't talk about in front of some of my gaming group because I know them pretty well. But at the same time, had I had something like this, uh, say six, seven years ago, I would have completely used it with a group of strangers because it sets the tone. Now, a lot of people say, well, that's what session zero is for, but I disagree. I think that it is important that you set some expectations of what your campaign is going to be like, but you can't go point by point and down and say, well, is this going to, you know, something you don't want to cover or you discover it after the fact, you know, knowing ahead of time, as G.I. Joe said, knowing is half the battle, and the rest is violence. 
Um, <laughs> no, I mean... Uh, <laughs> oh, well, all right, all right. Uh, an example would be, uh, how many people have seen the movie Alien or Aliens? Uh, okay. Probably now, most of our listeners, yeah. Yeah, and you, you remember the background uh, design and the like alien, uh, the design of the alien and the design of the alien ship. All of that was done by the artist H.R. Giger. Uh, now, if you've seen that stuff and you've gone, hey, wow, H.R. Giger is cool. I, I want to see some more H.R. Giger. You should probably know some things yep. before you hit that search button. Uh, not all of H.R. Giger's uh, creations are as lavishly interesting as his alien landscape. Um, some of them are positively horrific. Uh, and you know what? I'm not really offended by that, but there are people who would be surprised and shocked and really put off, you know, if they, they went from, Hey, this is amazingly cool. And then it would just jerk them up short. Like, Oh my gosh, that is Whoa! All right, I I need the brain bleach. Where's my bottle of scotch? I'm going to do. I mean, the covers of the Ed Kenny's uh, unreleased sixth album. Yeah, uh, that. See, you know exactly. Yeah, what I'm I know about. exactly. What you're talking Old about. punks will will tell. Okay, you know, just uh, that was not what I expected with my music album. But again, uh, you know, the the other threshold would be that. Uh, <laughs> I elected not to look at that twice. Uh, that was the extent of my opposition to it. I, well, that's clearly not for me. Um, and then that was it. Uh, so other than a little, you know, heads up before you dive in, uh, I haven't any complaints about H.R. Giger. I still think he's brilliant. Well, right. And uh, in this case, we're talking about the uh, consent form, which is can be just as contentious as the artwork of... Uh, a controversial artist or an artist like H.R. Giger. Yeah, it because it's subjective. People, it gives people a chance to at least get the notions out. You know, it, uh, I, I remember something, it was referred to as a conversation starter. Uh, all right, I'll give it that. It is a terrific tool for getting people to have an opening point for these difficult topics that may be thorny and extremely personal. Uh, and it gives them an in, like a, an opportunity to, okay, we're all on neutral ground and we can start the conversation on this. This has opened the door and we can work out these issues one by one. And honestly, as a team building exercise, you know, some candidness and honesty is not going to hurt anybody. Exactly. And, you know, it uses a system of red, yellow, and green like a stoplight, which Red is obviously a no-go. Yellow means practice and caution. And maybe a little bit of discretion. Green's like, yeah, I'm fine with this. Yeah, so, so the green is, of course, the, you know, rather well, American stoplight. Well, and I mean, kind of universal, really. The, yeah, the green light is, is, yeah, I'm fine with this. The yellow is questionable turf, like where you, you might want to start withdrawing extreme graphicness. Uh or directly personal entanglements for that player. Uh, the red, of course, is, yeah, let's, you know, do this one with absolute kid clubs. Um, and there are some topics that, you know, you frequently find in pickup games, which I, I think this is where, like, the argument, I'm guessing, because 
not having done my internet homework properly. I'm banking on the arguments that you describe. Uh, you know, like it's not necessary. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're in a stable group and you really know each other well, no, it's not. But there is an entire environment out there which we dived into, and you mentioned the time, too, six, seven years ago. We really started... Uh, bringing first edition style gaming down to the comic book shop in open table format. And open table, we took that literally. Uh, so we wound up with a lot of people who had very little in common with us other than an interest in gaming. Uh, people from radically different backgrounds, uh, with wildly varying identities and age groups. Uh, it just, there were moments of awkwardness that we had to suss out carefully and you know much like the highlander you know the neutral ground highlander that game shop became our sacred ground yeah where it did. all powers are neutral here there is there we do not spill gamer blood on this most hallowed of places uh and having respect for that having respect for the people at the table with us defaulted us into a category where I think we did the right thing. Well, right, but, you know, we had enough savvy. We were at the time in our 40s, late 40s, mid-40s, whatever, um, where we had enough savvy to detect the awkwardness and, you know, slight cringe factor when we touch on things yeah, so that were a little controversial or didn't sit right with people, and we were able to suss it out and draw back a little bit. Yeah. But that was due to the fact of the nature of the beast of us having that experience and bringing it at to a new, fresh crowd that had not played Dungeons & Dragons in many places and had not experienced first edition in either case. They had a different uh, set of expectations and, you know, we spelled out what this is going to be like. This is what we're going to play like it was the old days. We're going to play like it's the basement of somebody's house in 1977. This is how we're going to put it forward. And sometimes, you know, uh, things didn't hit right, and we recognized those instances. But if we would have had didn't a tool... always, They didn't always hit right back then, either, to be honest. There were some, some hurled Mountain Dew cans and some chipped 20-siders oh, yeah. back in the day. Yeah, we did get yeah. into... Uh, uh, <laughs> some of my best arguments have been at the gaming table. Mm. And I say some. I mean, the other one were in military, but uh, we'll get into that some other time. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I've had some good arguments uh, at the gaming table and some very passionate ones over just not rules, but how to play. And, you know, if uh, once again here, Dave Aldridge, you can tell the difference is that we've kind of squared away our differences and come to a mutual accord a lot of times, which uh, as we're going to meander just for a minute, that's one of the things of why we did this podcast is because we tend to not just work well together or think alike, but we come from enough of us middle-class suburban background at the time that we had the luxury and opportunity to do a lot of different ways of thinking and experience different things like movies, comics, and uh, book reading. Yeah, and that is, it is a kind of a privilege. You know, it is a scenario where uh, these things were available to us. Uh, and so we had the full experience of them. Uh, and a lot of people were denied that opportunity. That their circumstances were not such that they could. Right. Um, and we're pretty keen on celebrating the impact of gaming and sci-fi and fantasy fiction culture. Uh, and 
there is a very joyful aspect that it has become so much more widespread that it's it's really it's jumped its fence uh you know broken its bonds and roamed free and it's just all over the place now and i like that i'm I, there there seems to be a mentality with some that it should be some uh, isolated unicorn that is carefully protected uh, so that nobody interacts with it except the sainted elect. And I don't buy that at all. I, yeah, I never think, bought that. I, I think that this is a, a thing that is not only therapeutic but boundary-breaking and that encourages a lot of the best qualities in people to come out. Uh, if it's if it's done reasonably well, it, it's a powerful tool for good. So, right, and uh, I like seeing it spread exponentially and and things like this uh, consent form are yet one more tool in helping people navigate really new relationships where, uh, you know, you sit down with, out of those people we met six, seven years ago, uh, and I mean, it's more than a couple of dozen at this point, uh, a majority of them are people that I am in contact with every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few more at least every month. Uh, and then only a tiny handful uh, have moved on to somewhere else and are unknown to me. You know, I, I don't know what they're up to now. But to have such a majority of people become new friends, that tells you that something really awesome happened at that table because, you know, I came out of my shell uh, and met a lot of new people, got out of my comfort zone, and I got a lot out of it. I, I did not come away feeling like that. Oh, that ruined my day. Well, if there's a uh, reason why we come down on the side of having a consent form or a discussion about where limits and boundaries are with individuals, it's because gaming has been a positive force for us in many ways. Um, I talk about arguments, but I also talk about friendships and forging uh, relationships with people outside of my normal uh, sphere of contact. But... That aside, I think uh, another part of this, and, and to kind of turn this around a little bit to the other, to understand why maybe people have such rancor about this, such outrage, is they feel that somebody's dictating a style of play to them. That how dare somebody enter into my table with an expectation other than what I'm going to deliver. That your consent is sitting down to game. And that's, all right, okay. I hear you, but... <laughs> Here's the point. If you're going to do that, you need to come at it from a different perspective than you're absolutely right. You have to kind of... Gaming is a community effort. Yes, the DM is an authoritative figure who has great power to make a story and create a environment to play in. But yeah, it's it's the role of the interpreter. It is. You're right. It is a, an extremely difficult part to navigate. So, I mean, being able to be semi-authoritative and like dictate terms it comes with the turf it is part of the job uh and so a new DM, he or she has got to be able to speak with alacrity and just bam this is how things break down but having the authority also invested by people who feel that you have their best interests or at least have listened to them this is a way to encourage that. This is how it kind of starts, especially with new people. And, of course, we can beat the horse to death that, yes, if you have an old group, then why are you worried about it? Because yeah, uh, it I'm going to be frank here. Nobody cut your DM balls off. 
No, okay. okay I'm going to yeah. spell it right out. Yeah. You, you guys, half of these guys are dick mad, butt hurt, because somebody said something on the internet. Okay? Look. You well, don't agree with that? Oh, my Lord. It is inconceivable to me. I, I would not have enough blood in my body to support uh, actually venting my spleen every time somebody on the internet said something that I didn't like. Right. Because uh, I, I may not know for sure, but I'm almost certain that if I hunted hard enough, the internet is full of people oh, I disagree with. you are not wrong. Uh, I <laughs> Sometimes they will seek you out, but... Well, and I... You know, you're talking to a guy who will get up in the morning and disagree with himself two or three times before his first cup of coffee, uh, at which point after, you know, a sufficient quantity of caffeine and nicotine, I can occasionally agree with myself now and then. Sure. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I don't, uh, I, I, I don't see a lot of value in see, like direct conflict seeking, like a, a hunger to be offended. I am offended by this. No, well, I, I don't Again, think that it, does anybody any good. If you're upset about it, no one's going to come to your table and enforce a viewpoint on you. If you want to just simply say, hey, when you sit down at this game table, you better be prepared because this, this is a He-Man Super Gamer Club, and if you're not able to throw enough thick skin, you're not going to survive in this apartment. Hey, that's cool. If you're having fun and everybody in the is having you, fun. if you threw out the warning uh, at the, the onset, then, all right, so be it. Let the chips fall where they may. Right. But oh, I'm but again, get... you threw out the warning. You also may not find many players after a while. Yeah, and, and I honestly think there's a... Or somebody faction. gets up in the middle of a game because you, you did something to their character that things you can't erase from a character sheet. Yeah, look, I mean, if you turn somebody's ranger into Ned Beatty and Deliverance... Oh, uh, well, you went yeah. there. Yeah, all right, I'm going there. I'm going yep. there right now. This is relevant to the topic. I'm not doing this for prurient interest or anything like that. But uh, if that's just done out of sheer sadism and, you know, intentional maliciousness... Uh, and just lavish detail is poured into this ugly moment. Um, you know, is that really furthering the plot? Is that really driving the game? Are, are you really being edgy, or are you just being a jerk? Because uh, sometimes just rubbing salt in the wound is... It, it's ridiculous. It doesn't, it doesn't hold up. I'm going to take a page from Jolly Blackburn's Knights of the Dinner Table comic. There is a notorious DM in uh, the Knights of the Table called Nitro Ferguson, and he <laughs> holds nothing back. So in the normal group, B.A. Felton and Bob Herzog, uh, B.A. is normally their hairy DM, Bob announces he's going to go play in Nitro's game, and they warn him, hey, you know, Nitro runs a mean game over there. Better watch yourself. <laughs> and they all kind of give him some warnings and some anecdotes about their relationships with Nitro Ferguson. Well, Bob, next week... I don't want to play my Dwarven Fighter anymore. <laughs> what happened? I don't want to talk about it, okay? You just leave me alone, man. I'm, I'm playing a new character. Let's just leave it at that. No, no tell me dead. what happened. Did something happen? No, no. Look, I, I just don't want to play my Dwarf Fighter anymore. <laughs> and, you know, they finally, Bob breaks out and look, look, man, there are some things you can't erase from a character sheet. He's <laughs> like, no, no, whatever he did, I'll undo. You know, I'm the dungeon master. You're my main player. I'll, I'll make it right. Whatever happened. And he's like, do you ever see Deliverance? And... Yeah, enough said. Uh, you know. <laughs> um, but that's what we're talking about. I mean, to be incredibly candid about it. Yeah. Uh, there are moments where 
even if it's for the sake of humor, uh, it might go too far. Uh, now, I've, I've had plenty of inappropriate table humor, uh, some of it coming from me. Uh, if I've occasionally gone too far, I, I would apologize to people for that. Uh, but usually when I'm met with, like, hysterical laughter, I assume that, like, I, I didn't strike any terrible nerves. Right. Uh, and I, I, I don't go personal with it, you know. I don't, like, search out somebody, what is their kryptonite? I will find that last nerve and dance up and down upon it. No, that, that's not where I go with humor. Uh, there was a scenario in a game where one player was kidnapped, uh, and they were hauled off uh, as a, a ransom attempt. And, you know, they woke up in a dank cell with, you know, with uh, iron bars, uh, you know, bound and gagged on a chair, and there were three dark figures. Uh, and then, you know, it, everybody's hushed, and, you know, like, they're listening to the low, spooky description of, like, there's the flickering light of a candle and three, you know, figures with dark hoods over their heads sitting at a table playing cards. And one of them looks over and goes, Ah, he's awake. Uh, and that's, you know, when I, I broke form, broke spooky sound for a moment and went, down, 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 and they went, oh, no, dude, oh, no, 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 down, down, down. <laughs> no banjo music. If I hear banjo music, I'm running. <laughs> so. No. Uh, but that was a table full of people I knew really well, and there was much laughter, much teasing, uh, and then we went on with our game. Now, let's shake that up a little bit. Let's, let's say you're dealing with somebody who has, in the past, unbeknownst to you, been victimized in some way and takes that very personally. You know, that they, they take in a moment like this uh, in a way that is not acceptable at all to them. They, they look at that and they're like, what the hell? I came here to have my game time and to be happy. And this just snatched that out of my grasp. You know, that's a legitimate complaint. It doesn't even yeah. need my permission to be legitimate. It, it doesn't need anything from me. That is the way they feel, and that is a valid thing. Uh, and being respectful enough to recognize that some people are going to have issues with some subjects, that, that, that's not a huge surrender, okay? That's, I, I lose nothing in doing that. Right. Kindness is a free action. So that's, you know, I, where I wanted to go with this was pretty much to spell out that, you know, if you feel that there's not a lot of topics you uh, feel are outside of your comfort zone, then fine. You know, that's, that's an understanding. But just sitting down to play at a table is not enough consent for some people. And you have to understand that. And it's not taking away from anything from your ability to play a game or DM, but it does add to the atmosphere that you have not only the backing of the players, but an understanding as well that you have not only maximum fun in, in mind, but you also have a little bit of consideration. And if consideration is the worst that you have to show out of this, well, hey, oh. well worth the price of admittance. Yeah, you got off light. I mean, that's that's hardly a major imposition in any respect. Uh, look, to me, it, it just seems like entry level. I mean, and this, this uh, form has uh, taken the work out of it. Uh, that like this was entry level consideration to the other people you're playing with, uh, and given that I've 
found myself at tables with completely new groups uh, and had to carefully suss out person by person what's going on with who. Um, here's a thing that just, it, it takes the the grist out of the mill, you know, that long mm-hmm. process of finding the, the grain. Uh, no, I, I don't, uh, I may not need it with my old group, but I expect the day will come where it's of great use with a new group. Right, and here's so, the other part of you this. you know, I mean, I'm both in the yay and the nay camp. Uh, you know, it's it's not a thing that I feel is essential for some circumstances, but I think it's an outstanding tool in the toolkit. And also, if everybody, if you hand out some of these sheets and you get all green, well, have at you not only have the full backing, but you have the approval. So, no. yeah, you True, know you where you a bunch of greens, you, you know you can just take the reins off. Right, um, and so this, if you need to, you know, let loose, if that's your thing. But this I horse also, is going to town! I also like to remind people that back in the day that TSR, uh, for their RPGA community standards, had what was cutely known as the grandmother clause. Don't put anything in the game... That would cause your grandmother to raise an eyebrow. And, you know, well, you know, some grandmothers were more permissive than others. I understand that. But they did spell it out rather explicitly at, at one point. No violence towards children. No sexual uh, or graphic detail of sex. Rape or mentions of rape and other forms of nastiness. Obviously, uh, only um, mild descriptions of gore and... Personal body horror were to be allowed. Yeah, you can. That was the RPGA Association, which, remember, was a fairly large thing for its time. Yeah, I mean, and in, it in was, the era before MMORPGs were a big thing, this was a. Yeah, it was a convention standard, and it was yeah. meant to show, showcase what was good about role playing games. So um, if you came to a con and you were going to be one of their flagship events that like has got their moniker stuck on it, you wanted to exercise some discretion and have a table presence that was accessible to people of all ages. You you did not want to like no it only a room of uh you know people of extreme experience could possibly handle this. Well, then that was not appropriate for a con. Uh, you know, you wanted something that six people are going to show up and sit down that you've never met in your life, and they'll be able to have a good time. Yeah. So uh, that same con standard really still applies today, especially yeah. if you're going to a comic shop and you don't know the people there, uh, and you're going to do a pickup group and form a you know game uh, a campaign for the first time. It's sensible precaution. I, I think it's it's a good, sound start to go with the old RPGA standard. Which is, yeah. How would my grandma feel about this? Well, she don't like killing orcs. <laughs> but nonetheless, that's that's the gist of that. So uh, I think we've worn that topic pretty well out that uh, we agree on certain principles on this. Um, I'm of two minds of it as well, but I also think that consideration is... A valuable thing to have for your playing table and your experience, especially when dealing with new people. Veteran players, maybe not so much. But nonetheless, uh, just a little caveat at the end here. Um, yeah, as we start to wind down, or wind this way, way down and wind down the trail back home. Uh, 
we're not virtual signaling. We're not SJWing. We're not any of these things that you like to call it, people. Um, if well, you have something like that to put out there. We're also not authoritative. I mean, yeah. your table is your table. You, whoever you are, whoever hears this, uh, you have to be the judge, jury, and executioner on this. Uh, at the table that you play, you're the ones designing the rules, not us. Right. Uh, and the existence of this form uh, can or cannot be a thing at your table, depending on what you decide. Right. So, and you know, it, we, if we well, encourage anything, if we seem to be encouraging anything at all, it would be that you exercise your own discretion and, you know, right. exercise your own mindfulness. Don't... There's no need to rely on any authoritative source for much of anything. Absolutely. There is nothing. And all I wanted to end it with was a preface about the whole idea. You um, do as you wish and have fun doing it. And as long as you're doing that, that's okay. Um, just uh, and the, if you have any comments about it and you think that we're all this virtue signaling and all this other nonsense that goes around... Yeah, that's not what we're doing here. So um, you may have missed. That. Yeah, it, again, you know, this it, it's my internet exposure is somewhat limited on this subject, but uh, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, is it what, what is exactly virtue signaling? Is this like running up a flag Whoa. to announce that you've done something? It's right? a term used by certain edge lords to in, invoke the fact that you're not really interested in the actual uh, consequences of this but you're you have an agenda that's uh, purely coincidental to this that just kind of happens to be in this vein wow that is more that is more convoluted than i imagined. it is a very convoluted and it's very political and oh wow. as we're getting close to the 30 minute mark i could spend oh, almost yeah, uh, 10 right. minutes uh detailing it exactly well then but, we're then we're end signaling but, <laughs> but nonetheless, I, all I would like to end it on is if you know what virtual signaling is and you feel that we're doing that, then no, we're not. So. No, I, I I don't feel like that at all because uh, I'm talking practical application of stuff that uh, when dealing with large crowds of new gamers and different tables and mm -hmm. uh, people that I've never met before, uh, some elementary decency is pretty much par for the course. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't really... I don't even see that as virtue. I mean, that well, that would I would have to put in a lot more effort for let's that. Then, to be then let's uh, pass on the virtue signaling, and then <laughs> let's get on to the meat of the potatoes of it, which was consideration. That's all we're asking yeah. about here. And so, no harm, no if foul. If you have any uh, questions or concerns, I'm sure you have lots of concerns about us at this point. And <laughs> oh, you, you should be. You and should be. If you have any comments, uh, and let us know <laughs> on our Facebook page on the Dice are Screaming as well. You can get a hold of us directly on Twitter, me at Death Hand Gaming. Myself at Magi Box. And, of course, uh, if you want to ask us what virtue signaling is, I'm more than happy to give you a lecture on it in uh, <laughs> my DMs on Twitter. I, uh, they're usually full. But, uh, yeah, let me know on that, as well as uh, anything else on your mind. Always feel free to drop by drop on, on Twitter or uh, on Facebook and let me know. But uh, at that point, I think we've well worn out our welcome. And oh, more wait. than importantly, bringing it on home, we, we appreciate we, you listening. We, we wore it out. Uh, the treads are flat on the tires. Yeah. The horse has been flogged uh, long after its expiration. So, <laughs> And with that, we'll bid you adieu, and may, may the, the dice always roll in your favor. favor. We're out. See ya. See ya.